confirmation from our very own Foreign Secretary, Robin Cook, who's uh, in the Far East at the moment, that Diana, Princess of Wales, has in fact been killed in that car accident in Paris uh, just a few hours ago. There had been extreme concern that uh, Diana was very seriously injured when she was taken from the, the wreckage. There was a, a news blackout to all intents and purposes for a significant amount of time. Um, confirmation from the Interior Minister from Paris for a short time. And uh, now there is confirmation that Diana, Princess of Wales, has died. She died at 4 a.m. after going into cardiac arrest. That, according to doctors at the hospital in Paris, Diana, Princess of Wales, is dead. Welcome to the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, Springhill, Josh, and the Illumamami herself, Miss April. And on today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's the June fan vote for the death spiracy of Princess Diana. This might be jumping right into it headlong. But if you were in a relationship with somebody that was publicized so well as the relationship of the royals, do you feel like, do you think maybe you'd feel a little suffocated being in the limelight like that? I. Or didn't the and that's why I chose podcasting, by the way, as a way I can do this without having my face out there. Right. I can have the luxury of doing this without the fame. Okay. <laughs> it sounds horrible. I honestly. No, I understand. Like to be just just to, the idea of even going out to dinner is like, oh god. Right. But it's like we do this show, we have plenty of listeners and sometimes it's funny to just like I mean, we don't have to be like any of the like a celebrity or any, anything and I just think <laughs> that's for sure. I think it's I think it's really interesting the way that the public kind of, I mean, we all know about, and I think this was kind of came from the fact that we just watched Prince Harry marry Meghan Markle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His name just doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> Sounds like a cereal. Mm, so, delicious. With 25% Merkel berries. Right. Mm, and 33% more uh, marshmallows. Mm-hmm. All Two the, shoops of fun. <laughs> Merkel marshmallows. All the vitamin R I need for mm-hmm. a daily regiment so 
Josh, April, what do you guys think? I mean, do you think it would be it would be worth it to be a celebrity in the Royals, or do you think it would be just too much? Um, it's not something that I would choose. I mean, I feel like in the case of Meghan Markle, like you fall in love with who you fall in love with, and you kind of take the take the baggage that comes with you, get you know the, the good, pros. you get the bad, and exactly, it's the facts of life, the facts of life. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think going into it she knows like for example Meghan Markle knew kind of what she was dealing with and already when she started dating Prince Harry um kind of got to experience it but personally I would not that's not anything I find interesting at all the money but would be nice but with the but money exactly I I can't even imagine what it would be like to go to to go anywhere, to go to the grocery store and have people like following me and Ugh. trying to flag me down. Mm-hmm. There's like nothing that you could do in your personal life that you can do alone. Your wedding is super strict. Yep. You know, your father can't we even come. We played Andrew WK as we were walking back down the aisle at our wedding. Like yeah. if I had to sit and have like a six hour super Orchestra, wedding. Yeah. yeah, that's that would just be awful. Although an orchestra playing Party Hard by Andrew WK would be it would be nice. We did look into someone playing it on the violin for our wedding, but hell, I even tried getting Andrew WK to come you to did. our wedding. But that's besides the point. In the case of Meghan Markle, though, I think that she was already kind of primed and ready for that, considering she already was a an actress. Yeah, but th- this is way well, beyond that, right? I, when I when I'm the role is, of your lifetime, <laughs> <Indeed>. oh. <laughs> so this, I think this week on Lifetime Television, <laughs> the pedophile I burned in bed. But it's it's different than say if if I were to marry Princess Diana. Well, she's dead. That'd be well, a that weird. would make headlines. <laughs> of course, uh, the Chinese do marry their dead relatives. Enough. Yeah, daughters. It's true. Sons off. But anyway, so yeah, it'd be different in that case. That. But she's. Yeah, as far as me, I, I I think I agree. I a part of me would hate always being watched mm-hmm. and whatnot. But like April said, the money part, yeah, to never have to worry about anything yes. ever again. Like, oh, where what are we gonna eat in a week and a half? And we don't have money for food. Oh, I guess we're having PB and J's again. Well, you just eat the poor people. That's what you do, right? But the problem is, is you can't ever have like a beer shit, right. or you can't ever be like, I want to go to Taco Bell. It's yeah. three a.m. I've been. Oh, to- there's Rich Ryan <laughs> being cheap buying Taco Bell. <laughs> I'm like, no, I just want to be like you people. And then I hear the call. <laughs> well, they have people for that, though. They, I mean, Donald Trump has what is it? Uh, Big Macs every day or something? Yeah, I, I saw his order. It's, it's dipped in gravy or something no, super it's, bizarre it's, like that, isn't it's, it? It's a lot. It's like a, a fillet of fish, a chicken sandwich, and like a Big Mac and two fries. That sounds or like the liberal media trying to infect <laughs> us. <laughs> All right. But my thing is, chicken nuggets, maybe. Okay, mm. with Szechuan sauce. Mm. Oh, that was. <laughs> I lived through Szechuan sauce. It was not that good. No, it wasn't. But Rick and Morty said I had to eat it. You know what? Sweet chili sauce. That was good. That sounds I don't good. Remember that. It does they sound good. They though. don't have it anymore. If April says it's good, I, I tend to believe. Yeah, ten, ten out of ten times. She agree. has a trustable palate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to say, let's pull the 
wrong side drive vehicle to the it's right, right side it's right side drive if you're a mailman i've heard i guess yeah i guess we're driving on the right side if you're a mailman but we don't do that we're male prostitutes here so anyway <laughs> that's right we're left testicle drive one to ten how scary would it be to be princess diana and divorce a prince it doesn't sound scary no on the surface no so you give that a one give it a one i mean april depends on this history of this prince we're talking about (laughs) i would give this maybe like a four just because that's the royal family i think with exchange rate that's a six right from pounds to dollars (laughs) um just because i feel like the backlash that you're gonna get from from everyone i mean you're divorcing yeah. royalty. That's yeah. kind of like a slap in the face to a whole country. I didn't even know you could do that until we started I, this episode. I didn't either. The research for this episode really opened my mind to a yeah, whole... Yeah, we got co- your message. like, oh my God. <laughs> well, I didn't give a shit about Prince Harry marrying Meghan Markle. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't care about Prince William marrying... Although, I thought, I'm going to say right now... What's the name of Prince William's wife? Kate Middleton. <laughs> yeah. She is smoking hot. I mean, God, talk about and Prince Mary William is down. so doofy looking. He looks too. like his dad and more bald as he gets older. <laughs> yeah, he does. I remember when an old flame of mine used to talk about him all the time and how she wished she could marry him. And now I'm just like, <laughs> Sure you do. As soon as she said, if that was me, as soon as she said, I would have stood up, walked into the bathroom and looked in the mirror and go, what is wrong with my face? (laughs) I know. Josh. What was the question again? (laughs) I said, how scary do you think it would be to divorce yourself from Prince Charles during that time? Like how, how scared would you be if you had, I mean, I know you're a man with a big beard and you like wrestling, but you have to think for a second, your princess die. You're divorcing yourself from the royal family. Unfortunately, I know a little bit about this story, and so I'm going to give this an eight. I know. See, but yeah, I, I, this it's That's only because the, I know a little bit about it. So, I, but yeah. uh, that, okay. I think eight makes sense because I'm going to go with like a nine and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because when I read into this, I didn't realize how much pressure they're under. And that's why I kind of wanted to start off with the question of like, how do you think you would feel if you were in the limelight like that? I think celebrities and royalty are one and the same and politicians now at this point, they're all running into the same corner. Whoever's yep. in the limelight, I think you're expected to be this perfect human and you can't be that 24 7, 365. There's no way. I can't even do it 24. I know. I need at least an hour in there where I can just sit with my hand in my pants and watch cartoons. <laughs> it just happens. Or I need to sleep. And I need to be able to sleep and not worry about, you know, waking up and drinking like <laughs> a bunch <laughs> of orange juice from the carton because mm-hmm. it's okay to do that. Yeah, that's that, ladies and gentlemen. That's me snoring. (laughs) (laughs) But 
I'm trailing. I'm excited because I think this is a really interesting episode. So before we get too far into it, why don't we take a delve into Larry's time capsule? Now it's time for us to open up the time capsule. Yeah, 1997. Ooh. And what do we always start with? Music. Yeah, the music in 1997. <laughs> is that Robbie Williams? This is Boyzone. Oh, Boyzone. My favorite. This 1997 My- may have been the peak boy band. Let me year. tell you, I was nine during this time and this was like favorite boy band oh in sync okay hands down and it was like on the playground you were one or you were the other mm-hmm. and if you were 98 degrees nobody liked you. <laughs> that was the kid with like a elmer's glue in his fingers pretty much up his yeah nose. yep 98 degree it was pretty like it was tough if you were if you were backstreet boys i mm-hmm. did not talk to you i didn't i want to know part of that favorite boy band aaron hey aaron's here probably new kids on the block yeah, I had their I, I I had their cassette tape. New Kids on the Block. <laughs> they had their eat trick. I'm dating myself. Did they, they, they you don't put a cassette deck in a you don't put cassettes into eight track. Fair enough. Who's my reel to reel? Josh wouldn't know. He's not that old. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, on to the music. January twentieth. Daft Punk's debut album, Homework, is released. That's an awesome album. February 10th, Blur releases their self-titled album with a shift in sound from Britpop to more lo-fi sound to a critical and commercial success. March 3rd, U2 releases the opinion-dividing pop album. Now, I like that album. I do, too. Actually, get a very good... Is that the one that had the sweetest thing on it? A Beautiful Day, I believe. No. No? That's before. Okay. Then no, I don't. I don't know what you. Because that was my on my now album, the original now album. That's the only reason I know that. March third as well. (laughs) The notorious B.I.G. is shot dead while sitting in the passenger seat of a car after a post Soul Train Awards party in Los Angeles, California. March tenth, a Marilyn Manson concert in Columbia, South Carolina, is canceled in response to pressure from religious and civic assholes. Yeah, it was really bad at that time. Uh, March or April 14th, Depeche Mode come back with their ninth album, Ultra, which is a really good album. April 15th, Hanson releases Mbop, one of the most successful debut singles of all time, reaching number one in 27 countries. Wow. May 15th, the Spice Girls album, Spice, reaches number one on the U.S. charts. I love that May 20th, Foo Fighters release the album Color in the Shape. Josh just came. May 24th, the first proper Ozfest tour kicks off. June 16th, Ryan, Radiohead releases OK Computer. That would be easily one of my top 10 albums of all time. Amen. July, June 24th, I'm sorry. Disney owned Hollywood Records drops Insane Clown Posse from the roster six hours after they released the album. Wow. Oh, that's just wrong. Oh, but it worked out great for Insane Clown Posse because of the media attention they got. And then became their number one selling album. What record was that? I'm sorry. That was uh, The Great Malenko. Oh, oh that, yeah. That was a big one. And that was to pre- placate the Southern Baptist church assholes who were threatening to boycott the company. Oh. 1997, baby. I had the biggest crush on that guy. 
the guy from Sugar Yeah, I, had a, I worked with a guy who he had like his him. hair real big. Yeah, I, that, for dirt. some reason, was super attractive in the late 90s. <laughs> the 90s were, were a Tall very strange hair. and confusing time it for was. us all. Frosted tips. <sighs> that was me in the 90s with the oh, frosted Lord. tips. Uh, June 29th, Missy Elliott releases the single The Rain from her debut album, which is awesome. Love that. Jul- July 5th, eternal joke that it is now, but at the time it was amazing. The Lilith Fair tour kicks off. The very first one, July 29th, 98 Degrees releases their debut album. August 7th, Terrible. Garth Brooks performs an estimated to an estimated 800,000 to 1 million people at a free concert giving in Central Park, New York. Wow. August 12th, the Backstreet Boys burst onto the music scene with their release of their de- debut album, Backstreet Boys. August 21st, Oasis' third album, Be Here Now, is released and becomes the fastest-selling album of all time in the United Kingdom. It was selling out all around the world. (laughs) That's probably semi-true. August 30th, Mo Money, Mo Problems reaches number one in the Hot 100 singles, making Notorious B.I.G. the first artist to achieve two posthumous number one singles. September 22nd, Bjork releases Homogenic, moving towards a darker sound. I love that album. Here's a little weird thing. Uh, September 29th, the Rolling Stones release Bridges to Babylon, and The Verb releases Urban Hymns. Good album. But the the irony is that Rolling Stones would have got almost all the money from their single Bittersweet Symphony because they sampled uh, Devil's Symphony. Right? No, I, I can't remember. I don't know if it was that, but I, yeah, they they that main but their riff thing. And, yeah, yeah, came they, out. Yeah. The, they're both the albums both came out the same day. October twenty three, REM drummer Bill Berry announces departure from the group. November third, the Spice Girls release Spice World, oh. their second number one album, making the first British band since the Beatles to have two albums in the United States chart at the same time. Josh is the biggest Spice Girls fan. I can tell. He just I, came three times. April's probably bigger than me, though. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but that was the only thing that we had doubles of when we moved in together is the Spice World movie. <laughs> it's actually not a bad movie. It's not. Like, it's, it's, it's super campy, but it is, it's good. But it's, it has a pretty decent statement to say about the music industry. Right. And it's... November 4th, Shania Twain releases her album, Come On Over, which goes on to sell over 40 million copies. Became the biggest selling album in country music history and the biggest selling album by a female music artist. November 19th, Gary Glitter is arrested after images of child porn are found on his laptop that that he had taken in for repairs. Isn't that the tiptoe through the tulips? No, that's um, Gary Glitter's that... um, He does like the stadium anthem. Yeah, he's like um, rock and roll. I could play it for you real quick, but... Okay. You would know it because it's played at like all rock uh, or at all sporting events. You'll, you'd hear it at a hockey game. Hey. Oh, I know. Hey. Hey. November 26th, 22nd, <laughs> NXS lead singer Michael Hutchins is found dead in Sydney, Australia, age 37. December 4th through 5th, Black Sabbath perform a pair of reunion shows in their hometown of Birmingham, England. And these are the first full length concerts by the original lineup since 1978. Mm. And December 31st, the home of country music, Opryland USA theme park in Nashville, closes and is then demolished. And the companies Memorex, Maxell, and TDK introduced these things called blank recordable CDs. Oh. 
had a couple hundred of those. Yeah, I, I still have some laying around somewhere <laughs> that I never got to. My mixtapes. All right. There's, there's still a part of me that feels like I have to go buy more. Because mm-hmm. I have to make mixed CDs for girls that I like. Right. Oh. right. <laughs> I do our... Oh, hold on. You forgot something super duper important. What? NSYNC's debut album came out in May of 1997. I guess I missed that. How? How? (laughs) Terrible. He brings up 98 Degrees and Backstreet Boys. Leave out. We know where he stands on that playground. Let's do our quick movie review. (laughs) Oh, I'm excited for this. Yes, if you liked it. No, if you didn't, stay silent if you didn't see it. Air Bud. No. No. Air Force One. Yes. Yes. Alien Resurrection. Yes. Yes. An American Werewolf in Paris. Yes. Yes. Amistad. Yes. No. Anaconda. Yes. 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 I was scared of going to the bathroom because I thought a snake was going to bite me in the ass. Terrible CG now if you oh. look back on it. As good as it gets. Yes. Yes. Uh, Austin Powers. Yes. yes. Batman and Robin. Yes. <laughs> yes. Un- really? Unfortunately, yes. Okay. Uh, Bean with Rowan Atkins. Yes. That's his movie, right? Yep. Yeah. Beverly Hills Ninja. Yes. yes. That yes. was so awful. I love that movie. Chris Farley is the best. Even he couldn't overcome that bad writing. <laughs> Boogie Nights. Yes. Oh, of course, yes. yes That's yes, the one yes, with yes. Uh, Mark Wahlberg's giant dong, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm a big star. The Boxer. Yes. Chasing Amy. Yes. yes. Con Air. Yes. yes. Air- Airplane's big in 97. Yes. Uh, Contact. Yes. I hated the end of that movie. I liked Jody. everything but the, um, I don't know. Something about the end. I like I like it. Copland. Cop, no, that's one that I didn't see. Wow, that's interesting. I thought everything I'd seen was in 97. Deconstructing <laughs> Harry. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Devil's Advocate. Yes, that movie actually scared the shit out really? of me. That was during like a really devout period where I'm like, I think I believe in God. And then Who's I was like, <laughs> Keanu Reeves is the devil. Oh, no. Who is in that? Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Oh, yes, yes. He, he's supposed to be the devil's son, so he's right. raising him to, like, fuck his sister. It's really gross. Ew. The devil's own. Yes. Different strokes. Yes. yes. Is that... That's with Dana Plato in it. And Bentley Mitchum. Huh. Dogtown. Donnie Brasco. Yes. yes. Double team. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mickey yep. Rourke. Yep, 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 yep. The Edge. No. Event Horizon. Great yes. soundtrack. Scary as shit. A lot of horror fans cite that as like one of the scariest sci-fi horror crossovers. Wow. Face Off. Yes. Yeah. Love that movie. It's wonderful. Father's Day. Robin no. Williams and Billy Crystal. Mm-mm. No, I missed I don't it. Remember no. that one. The Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. Yes. Below. Oh. Steven Seagal. <laughs> no. no. Sorry, Steven. Um, I'm sorry. It's Fire Down Below. My bad. Oh. Flubber. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, I love that movie. Fools Rush In. Yes. I, I think, unfortunately, I might have seen that with a girl. <laughs> For richer or poorer, mm-hmm. that Tim Allen Kirsty Alley vehicle. Oof. Nah. Free Willy 3. <laughs> <laughs> no more freedom. <laughs> All willied out. Yeah. The, f- <laughs> the full Monty. Yeah, actually, I saw that. A few years after it came out, but yeah, it's it's not a bad movie. G.I. Jane. Yes. Gang related. D- no. Jim Belushi and Tupac Shakur. Okay. Gattaca. Yes, I, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. George of the Jungle. Yes. yes. <laughs> Gone Fishing. It was John, Joe Pesci and Danny Glover. I kind of remember. 
Oh, it's like a comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good Burger. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Goodwill Hunting. Yes. yes. Love that movie. Gross Point Blank. That's uh, John Cusack, yes. Home Alone 3. <laughs> yeah. Still alone. No. I know what you did last summer. Yes. 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 In and Out. Yes, that's the romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. The Jackal. Yes, Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Jackie Brown. Yes, Quentin Tarantino. Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> yes, that's Tim Allen. Yeah. Tim yeah. Allen Another really shitty Tim Allen movie. And his son's name is Mimi Siku. For some reason, I remember this. Oh, oh man. But he doesn't remember birthdays. Yeah, no. no. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's 97. Kiss the Girls. That's a horror uh, movie with Ashley Judd. Yep. Yes. Uh, L.A. Confidential. Yes. Love yes. that movie. Russell Crowe. Liar, liar. Yes. yes. Huge yes. I was such a huge Jim Carrey fan during this period. A law, uh, uh, a life less ordinary. Mm, no. Lolita. Yes. Lost Highway. Yes. Yes. The Lost World Jurassic Park. Yes. Yes, yes but I didn't like it. The Man Who Knew Too Little. Yes. It was Bill, um, Bill Murray. Yeah. Oh, uh, the matchmaker, Janine Garofalo. She they Oof. did a movie with her, I guess. <laughs> Meet Wally Sparks. I've heard Janine Garofalo is asexual. Yeah, she that she, she makes she, a lot of sense. Yeah. Men in Black. Yes. 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 Eddie Murphy in uh, Metro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Money talks. Money talks. Yeah, Does like it really? Chris Duck- Chris Tucker. Mortal Kombat, Anni- Kombat Annihilation. Yes. yes. Mr. Magoo. Yes. Leslie Nielsen. Murder at 1600. Wesley Snipes. Uh, my Best mm. Friend's Wedding. Yes. 187. Yes. Samuel Jackson. Orgasmo. Yes. 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 I love that movie. <laughs> That's so when much. I first started getting into those guys. Out to Sea. No. The Postman. Oh, God. <laughs> I missed it, but. I, I know can only imagine. Ke- I know it's Kevin Costner. Yeah, it's my friend had a really bad. my friend had a huge poster of that in his room. <laughs> He's like, "It's really good, man." Private sure. parts. Yes, of Howard course. Stern. That has one of the scenes. Uh, I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> has one of the scenes that I was like, you know what? Back in the day when you're because this is '97, mm-hmm. so this is before we actually had any porn. Oh uh-huh. boy, or an older the, the speaker scene. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. That happened. But that also ended up being a porn star that did that sequence, See, I yep. thought. Yeah, it yeah. Was. But I remember being like, this is hot as hell. Dad, don't take this <laughs> video back. I thought it was really funny. I got to watch it again. The Rainmaker. No. Scream 2. Yes. 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 Still screaming. Selena. Yes. Seven years in Tibet. Uh, Brad Pitt. Yes. yes. She's so lovely. No. Oh, yes. Soul Food. This is a movie that I probably didn't see. Speed 2 Cruise Control. I <laughs> totally ignored that. I, no. saw that. I saw that at a drive-in theater. Okay. Nice. You two back off the microphone. Spice World. Yes! <laughs> I did see that. It's actually, like I said, I liked it. Yes. Starship Troopers. Yes. Love that movie. Really? Actually, interesting story. That one, The first time when I saw this in theaters, some guy had like a full-on freak out during the scene where the guy was talking about like, kill all the bugs. And it was like a newsreel footage. And this guy just started going, <laughs> and like security had to come and pull him out. He was like laughing. I love the like, public. I actually did not care for that movie. Really? Oh, no, I didn't. Steal. That's Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> uh, missed that. Suicide Kings. 
Uh, no, that is a good movie, actually. It's all relatively unknowns. Titanic. Oh! Yes, of course. Oh, Oh, that little indie film? Yeah, that indie film. (laughs) Uh, James Bond tomorrow never dies. Yep. A million times, yes. Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. (laughs) No. You know. Vegas Vacation. No. Chevy Chase? No. Mm. Volcano. Yes. That movie was so ridiculous when the grandma jumps out. Into the acid water and just walks the boat like it's no big deal. <laughs> that acid is eating through your flesh and bones. That was so sad. It was not. It was not sad. It was. It was so wickedly like the fumes would have killed everybody on that boat. First of all. <laughs> Anyways, wag the dog. Yes, that is Dustin Hoffman. Yep. Love that movie. Waiting for Guffman. No. And some uh, debuts that year. Eric Bana in The Castle. Mm-hmm. Leslie Bibb in Private Parts. Jessica mm. Beale, Yuli's Gold. Oh. Clayton, Kate Blanchett in Paradise Road. Orlando Bloom in Wild. Mm. Yes. Gerard Butler in Mrs. Brown. Mm. Jennifer Garner, De- Deconstructing Harry. Mm. Ryan Gosling in Frankenstein and Me. And Adrian Grenier in Arresting Gina. Katie Holmes in the Ice Storm and Maya Rudolph in Gattaca. Hmm. Oh. Television. January 12th, King of the Hill premieres on Fox. <laughs> yeah. January 26th, Fox broadcasts its first Super Bowl, making it the last of the big four networks to air a Super Bowl. Also, drew the highest ratings in Fox's history. February 9th, on Fox, The Simpsons air the episode Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie Show. And oh, with that's it, a good and one. With that episode, the, Pim- the Pimpsons, The Simpsons surpassed The Flintstones as the longest-running primetime animated series. Wow. April 30th. I remember this because this created. This was crazy to me at the time. You, uh, people went nuts over this, and that's the Ellen episode. Puppy is broadcast on ABC, showing the first time the relevant the the revelation of a main character is a homosexual, and people lost their shit over that. Yeah, I I remember watching that. My parents are very conservative, very religious, and they did not like that at all. But I, I, for me, it was just like a, okay, yeah, whatever. I, I couldn't, I didn't understand it either. And and now now you were pointing out a thing that people were going nuts that uh, because. They used gay pride as a way to sell, sell their video games or something. Yeah. Like, we've just switched all the way around. On, let's see. On May 9th, take your hats off. Bob Saget hosts his final regular episode of America's Funniest Home Videos. Uh, has it really been that long? Yeah. June 6th, Farrah Fawcett makes a bizarre appearance on CBS's Late Show with David Letterman, going on long rambling stories that never went anywhere. Hi, Josh. Fails to understand simple <laughs> questions. Hi, Ryan. And gets easily distracted by things like blinking lights. Hi, Larry. Hi. <laughs> August 25th, Rugrats returns to Nickelodeon after it had been canceled yeah. in 1994. And this I didn't know. To September 1st, Disney Channel converts from a subscription-based television to regular channel. I did not know it was a subscription. Apparently, it didn't go well. September 19th, after several years of being a part of ABC's successful TGIF programming block, Family Matters and Step by Step switched to CBS to form the CBS Block Party. And it would be canceled the next year. (laughs) And on November 9th, during a pay-per-view broadcast of WWF's Survivor Series, Bret Hart loses to Shawn Michaels in what is called the Montreal Screwjob. And you can catch that on... The Body Slam podcast. Yeah, we have that episode. I think it's 50. Synergy, it? yep. baby. <laughs> I thought it was 50. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, I thought you said 60. My bad. I may have slurred 60, but I meant in my head I said 50. It was Fair enough. <laughs> some, <laughs> some news things that happened. U.S. Shuttle joins the Russian space station. 
that year. OJ Simpson is found liable in a civil suit. Heaven's Gate cult members commit mass suicide in oh, California. Jesus. Mm. Timothy McVeigh sentenced to death for the Oklahoma City bombing. Future episode. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Two are convicted in the New York Trade Center bombing, and Mother Teresa dies. Fe- no. Mm-hmm. No. What? I was going to say future episode, but nice. No. No. Unless you want to get into how, how horribly she treated people. True. Uh, and and uh, in Roslyn, Scotland, scientists announced that an adult she named Dolly has been successfully cloned. Dolly! So cloning. Cloning. And the dom- a domain name is registered for a certain web search engine called Google. Hmm. And the first Grand Theft Auto video game is launched. Also, Wi-Fi is invented. PS1. And sports fans... In Super Bowl XXXI, the Green Bay Packers won 35 to 21 over the New England Patriots. June 12th, interleague play begins in baseball. And the Mar- my Florida Marlins won four games to three over the Cleveland Indians. NBA Finals, Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan led, win their back to back. Repeat, wow. beating the Utah Jazz 4-2. to two. And on June 28th, Mike Tyson bites off a piece of the ear of Evander oh, Holyfield. I remember in the that. The third round of their uh, title fight. Getting disqualified, then having his bice- boxing license and his bicycle license suspended for at least a year. And he has fined $3 million. And that, my friends, has been a year time capsule. What the fuck is this? Boy Zone. We began with Boy Zone, and you end on Boy Wrap Zone. Wrap it up with some Boy Zone. That sounds like a ravioli. <laughs> I'll have the Boy Zone. <laughs> but with, with Alfredo, not like marinara. And it sounds That's like a bunch of different. It, it only comes like... with it. It only comes with Alfredo, my friend. <laughs> it sounds like Boy Zone only comes with a creamy Alfredo sauce. Indeed. It sounds like something a bunch of Catholic priests are sitting around making in the Pope's. I'm in far, far touchy. I'll have the Boy Zone. <laughs> I feel I, a ravioli. I apologize to all our Catholic listeners. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> Side note: Did you see the video of the priest slapping oh, the baby? Oh yeah, I was like that. I was like, I, oh, that's my childhood. Yeah, right. I watched another one today of a priest like violently dunking the baby into oh, the holy yep. water. Except good the, lord, I'm those, sorry. You do not want a third world country baptism yeah, ever. Right? <laughs> Italy being that third world country. Right. <laughs> Well, let's get into it, folks. Was it really Italy that yes. they were doing that? Oh, yeah. wow. I just assumed it was like Costa Rica or something. You heathens. According to the wiki, Diana, Princess of Wales, was born Diana Frances Spencer on 1 July 1961, a year earlier than my own mother. So if she was alive today, she would be 56. Hmm. Still young. Still very young. Yeah. She was a member of the British royal family. She was the she first like Miss Elizabeth. She's honestly really pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like I looked at Camilla, the the lady that Princess Char- Princess Prince basically. <laughs> Princess <laughs> yeah, Prince right. Hey Prince you Chart. Know all our UK listeners, do not get mad at all the uh, just destroying of words and things that I'm probably going to do on this episode. So she, Diana, was the first wife of Charles, Prince of Wales, the heir apparent to the British throne and the mother of Prince William, Duke of Cambridge, and Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex. He's the Duke of Suckins. All these names make me want to eat 
Fish and chips. Fish Pizza. and chips. Yeah. Like oh, man. crumpets. Hardcore. Little tea. Diana was born in the Spencer family, a family of British nobility with royal ancestry, and was the youngest daughter of John Spencer, Vince Viscount the, of the Blues Explosion. No, no. Oh. And Frances Roche. She grew up in Park House, situated on the Sandringham Estate, and was educated in England and Switzerland. In 1975, after her father inherited the title of Earl Spencer, she became known as Lady Diana Spencer. She came to prominence in February 1981 when her engagement to Prince Charles was announced to the world. Oh, love. (laughs) But let me just say this. Charles was never a looker. No. (laughs) This guy looks like a walking cartoon. And she is like the radiance of a Maxim. Just because he looks like he just because it looks like he could floss his teeth with a boat rope is no reason to make fun of him. (laughs) He's he's the living embodiment of a wart. He kind of is. I mean it's it's like a it's like Jim Henson made a bump and went, no. (laughs) Back to the drawing. This will scare children. Throws it in an incinerator. Kermit, <laughs> Kermit's just standing there. <laughs> <laughs> they burned the prince. <laughs> Diana's wedding to the Prince of Wales took place at St. Paul's Cathedral on 29 July 1981 and reached a global television audience of over 750 oh. million people. Who watched, who watched the last one? Though? I didn't. I didn't. I gave you no, did? I gave no shits. I watched the last no. one and I had to work the day of... Um, William and Kate's wedding, so I listened to it on the radio. Didn't you buy the DVD? I did buy the DVD afterwards. William and Kate? I did. And when it was actually, I think a couple of months before I went to England, and there was so much William and Kate merchandise, and I was just like, I'll take one of these, and one of these. Ooh, there's a Funko! I'm gonna buy one of those! Okay. Question. Yes. As the female listener, I feel like of the four of us, and this is nothing against you, Mm -hmm. you seem like the one that is the most fascinated by the culture is what is it about it that draws you to it? Cause for us, I think all of the, all three of us are just kind of like, nah. like I it's, it's archaic. It's dying. Who cares about royalty to they me? Have, yeah. They have no power. Yeah. It's yeah, just, they really don't do anything. I think it, they are welfare Queens, right? <laughs> they yeah. get paid to do nothing. <laughs> right. Um, I the think Kardashians of Europe. It's it's more At least the Kardashians do something. Because it's so romantic, like romanticize the whole idea of a, a prince and a princess. Mm-hmm. Like we're yeah. we grow up And you're big Dis- a big Disney fan. Exactly. You yeah. grow up watching Disney. It's all about princes and princesses and um you, and a woman can't turn down watching a good wedding. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. Like you you tune in because you want to see what her dress looks like, you want to see all how everyone else is dressed, the hats, mm-hmm. the dresses, you want to hear the music, you want to hear the ceremony because I'm not going to lie everything related to weddings makes me cry. I just watched an episode of Jersey Shore last night where the situation proposed to his oh, girlfriend no. and I cried. Okay, that's just love. <laughs> just how it is. Love makes women just Even if I watch like a ho- a bad B-horror movie like Critters 5 and like a little critter proposed to another female critter. I know. <laughs> Will you rabble garbage with me? <laughs> exactly. Whenever, whenever I see the hats and the, these royal weddings, it looks like they were designed by Tim Burton. 
I know, but that's see, that's kind of if what you want I like. Good hats go to the Kentucky Derby too. Exactly, <laughs> and again, that's another thing. Like that's why women like watching awards shows and you know mm-hmm. the red carpet and stuff like that. And why, that's why we buy all the tabloid magazines is because it's you know I like they catch my what other eye people too. Are wearing. I've got a wiener. Every time I walk up to a <laughs> that's mark good that, to know. every time I walk up to a, a checkout lane and I look over and it's like Brad Pitt's been boning Angelina or well, <laughs> well yeah, they're and they Jennifer Jennifer uh, now Aniston. Yeah, okay. I'm always just like, hmm, I wonder if that's happening. And then I like look at a few things and it's like. Bat Boy, like some some of the well back in my day when mm. I was a kid, like that was what really caught my yeah. eye. Right. The Weekly oh, yeah. World News, and it was like <laughs> aliens are hanging out with Bill Clinton. He's like, oh yeah, Bat Boy playing PlayStation <laughs> with Peter's Osama. Alien probe me. <laughs> as long as you can get Hillary off my tail. By the way, can you get semen off a dress? <laughs> Your alien technology. <laughs> So okay, so for a girl, it's uh, it's about the 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 love, right? It's about you, the romance, yeah. And that's like the, you get captivated by the story. How did they meet? How did it happen? You know, the especially with um, William and Kate because she they met at college and she was not royalty at all. Like she had never been in the public eye, you know, wasn't of royal blood. She was just some, some chick he met at college. Mm -hmm. And that was like, Oh, Oh, if it can happen to her, it can happen to me. Let me just say, Hey, for sure. I have to throw this out there for what I would consider one of the top podcasts in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Kate Middleton if you want to find yourself a male <laughs> prostitute with a full head of hair, I'm a single dad. There's two of us here <laughs> with a full head of hair. If you're into bald guys, though. Yes, you have your choice. Really? <laughs> there is a buffet of hot dudes. Where? Not here. Oh. Not here. Oh. Ouch. If you like them short and fat, though. And I'm your man. I'm your man. Hey, but I have a beard better than his hair, right? Your yeah, you. you have what would be my hair on your chin. Fair enough. I'll take mm-hmm. that's a compliment. Yeah. I'll take it. Let's talk a little bit of this girl's early life, okay? Okay. Before we get too carried away, too Diana late. Spencer was born on one July, nineteen sixty-one, in Park House in Sandring- Sandringham, Norfolk. She no, was the fuck. fourth of five <laughs> children of John Spencer Blues Explosion and his first wife, Frances. The Spencer family has been closely allied with the British royal family for several generations. Both of Diana's grandmothers had served as ladies in waiting to Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother. They're still waiting. (laughs) The Spencers were hoping for a boy to carry on the family line, and no name was chosen for a week until they settled on Diana (laughs) Francis. After her mother and after Lady Diana Spencer, a many times great aunt who was also a prospective Princess of Wales. Now, she was initially homeschooled under the supervision of her governess, Gertrude Allen. She began her... That's a grandmother name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I, I thought that was the name of your... That is of your, one of my grandmothers. Yeah, okay. Gr- was Gertrude that, and Edna. Ed, okay. I, I feel like Gertrude was the name that we dubbed for your uh, grandma character. Those are like home runs for old lady names. Yeah, they are. Now in the future, the, the, the old folks' homes are going to be full of Britneys and... Yep. Tiffany's. Tiffany's. Jessica. She began her formal education at Sillfield Private School in Gayton, Norfolk, and moved to Riddlesworth Hall School and an all-girls boarding school near One Thetford. Point Gryffindor. When she was nine, she joined her sisters at West Health 
I'm sorry, West Heath Girls School in Seven Oaks, Kent in 73. She did not shine academically, hmm. failing her O-levels twice. Her, under, uh, her outstanding community spirit was recognized with an award from West Health. She left with West Health when she was 16. Her brother Charles recalls her as being quite shy up until that time. She showed talent for music and became a great pianist. After attending... Ooh, I'm not even going to tackle that. We're going to skip that. Okay, so she went through a bunch of stuff and grew up like we all do. And she lived a normal life, I think, during that time. And her marriage... Now, Lady Diana first met Prince Charles of Wales when she was 16 in November 1977. He was dating her older sister, Lady Sarah, which is like, what the fuck, bro? Mm -hmm. Whoa. Like you're dating my older sister, and that was that me that was. I don't think so. Okay, okay. They were guests at a country weekend during the summer of 1980 when she watched him play polo, and he took a serious interest in Diana as a potential bride. Ooh, regular water polo. (laughs) Those poor horses in water polo. I know. The relationship, I think it was just regular okay. polo. The relationship progressed when he invited her aboard the Royal Yacht Britannia for oh a sailing God. weekend in the cows. These fucking names are terrible. Yeah. Let's go sail in the ham. And <laughs> 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 the salt really? sea. Yeah, yeah, I know. This is where I grew up. The assholeville of Fortin Dark. What? <laughs> right over there, that's the uh, mountain of Brit Tarkin Firk. Will I doth you my queen, Farkin Dark. Prince Charles subsequently courted Diana in London. The prince proposed on 6 February 1981 and Lady Diana accepted. But their engagement was kept secret for the next few weeks because hmm. the prince, or not the prince, the queen was a lizard and rode a fucking wagon, <laughs> motorized wagon. We talked about that in the queen is a yep. lizard episode. So their engagement became official on 24 February 1981. Also, by the way, 24 February is the day that I joined the Navy. Oh. Oh. Congratulations. Not 1981, but okay. No. No, I was negative one then, so... Still partially relevant, I guess. <sighs> so anyway, she selected a large <laughs> engagement ring that consisted of 14 solitary diamonds surrounding 12-carat oval blue Cylon sapphire set and 18-carat white gold, which was similar to her mother's engagement ring. Fuck rich people. So anyway. Wow. I'm just saying, man, why you gotta do that? My wife Seriously. has like a qu- quarter... Not not Diana. No, she she was born. I don't know how it. big your diamond is. Oh, I don't know. Tiny. It's full of love though. We need, we need some Lord Royals. Like I'm thinking of that song right now, just like the whole kind of like dismissive nature of the Royals, <laughs> but like a sweet pop song. Like it's just like it makes me mad because it's like just even reading this because there's like a whole page of specs for the ring and it's just like this is for people. architect made it for real though. That ring is gorgeous. It's I, the ring that Kate Middleton has now. I know, but it's just, it makes me mad that people are have, so materialistic. Yeah. And then there's just like, there's so many people that are going to look up articles like this about dimensions of this ring and just be like, I'll never have that. <laughs> just go to Walmart and buy my five pounds of potatoes and leave. <laughs> So, 
<laughs> carve a ring out of potatoes. Maybe one day. Following the engagement, Diana left her occupation as a kindergarten assistant and lived for a short period at Clarence House, which was the home of the Queen Mother. One point Slytherin. Now, the couple had residences <laughs> at Kensington Palace in Highgrove House near Tetbury on 5 November Tetbury? 1981. That's where I live constantly. <laughs> the princess's pregnancy was officially announced. She got pregnant fast. She was a, fer- so. she was a fertile myrtle. <laughs> in January of 1982, 12 weeks into the pregnancy, Diana fell down a staircase. Oh, oh God, Jesus it, Larry. <laughs> It's like I could. <laughs> God, she's still falling. Oh no! Oh no! She's falling off the falling Eiffel Falling down tower. the grand staircase. It's a spiral. This is like April falling down the stairs in London. <laughs> that is God, so that bad. The worst time of my life. Oh my God! Like as soon as you played that, I could see it in my head. I was like, Oh my God, she's dying. <laughs> Anyway, so the royal gynecologist, Sir George <laughs> Tinker. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god. I am the royal gynecologist. <laughs> my name My is name is Dr. Tickle Pussy. No. <laughs> Sir George Pinker. Pinky Pinky. <laughs> oh my that so that guy has to regularly look at Queen Elizabeth's gooch. Oh, for sure. <laughs> He found that although she had suffered severe bruising, the fetus was uninjured. Diana later confessed that she had intentionally thrown herself down the stairs as she was feeling inadequate. Oh my god. Okay, stop falling down the stairs, Diana. (laughs) You're not inadequate. You're way hotter than the wart with a toupee that you're married to. The guy who who, who flosses with the jump rope. (laughs) The queen subsequently released a statement and called it the blackest day in the history of British journalism. Wow, okay, queen lizard. <laughs> um, so she uh, eventually, eventually on 21 June 1982, the princess gave birth to the couple's first son, Prince William, and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then the second son, Prince Harry, was born on 15 September 1984. <laughs> The princess asserted she and the prince were closest during the pregnancy with Harry. She was aware that their second child was a boy, but did not share the knowledge with anyone else, including the Prince of Wales. False speculation that Harry's father was not Charles, but James Hewitt, which I read a bunch about. Mm -hmm. There's this major guy that was uh, in their military service. He probably flossed with real. Oh, but there is a million. If you search James Hewitt and there's a million pictures of him and Prince Harry next to each other and you're like, damn. Well, yeah, Harry and William don't look anything alike. If I showed you these pictures, which I might do on the break, you're yeah. going to be like, shit, she was having an affair. They they both were having affairs during this yeah. time. Which So Diana gave her sons wider experiences that w- then were usual for royal children. children. She rarely deferred to the prince or the royal family and was often in, intringent. Intringent? When it came to the children, she chose their first given names, dismissed a royal family nanny, and engaged one of her own choosing, selected their schools and clothing, planned their outings, and took them to school herself as often as her schedule permitted. She also organized her public duties around their timetables, which wow. is awesome. So like a like a real mom? Oh, yeah. shit. With a, with she a, was with a, a real mom. With an army of maids and True, nannies. but she... Her purposes in being a public 
speaker, being mm-hmm. a public figure, she configured around making sure their schedules were complete. And that is being a mom. That's being a mom. <laughs> I had actually, I know, I had actually read online um, a day or two ago, a little blurb. It showed a picture of Princess Di with both of the boys at Disneyland, I think. Mm-hmm. And it said, it was in a short interview with Harry. And he said, she made us wait in line with everybody else. And oh, she wow. said that is, he, he said that's the greatest gift she could have given is reality because, you know, she knew that if they were raised behind the walls of Buckingham Palace, they wouldn't grow up with an appreciation for what they do have. Mm-hmm. So, which I thought was really, really cool. I don't think a lot of, um, celebrities one one um do that kind of thing i mean one went joined the military and served in mm-hmm. afghanistan i believe oh uh, uh, like william had no, did yeah no need both to of do them that. were in the royal yeah, army they had no need to do it mm-hmm. similar to elvis i mean these are people well <laughs> i know elvis was there to play music but thank you very much he did he did serve <laughs> he did okay serve. yeah you're right i shouldn't i shouldn't shit on that i think that feces there's a lot of things you could say about the kids and what happened posthumously for Princess Di, but I think she was... I mean, I, I started this off by saying how scary it would be to be her, but now I think is the time where I mentioned how great of a person she was. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, she was the people's princess. That's what they called her. And it makes sense because, good Lord, she's she's amazing. So, let me skip a few things here real quick. Now, her and Prince Charles were not doing well. They actually, after five years into the marriage, the couple's incompatibility and age difference of almost 13 years became visible and damaging. Charles resumed his relationship with his former girlfriend, Camilla, and Diana later began one with Major James Hewitt, which we brought up as that. Oh, is that Harry's dad for real? And then, like, every conspiracy theorist in in the UK is like, uh, yeah, for sure. He's a handsome fuck, by the way. Like, these two banging, I'd watch it. Why not? Mark that. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'd watch it. Why not? Uh, These affairs were exposed in May of 1992 with the publication of Andrew Morton's book, Diana, Her True Story, the book which also revealed the princess's allegedly suicidal unhappiness. Oh, yeah. Caused a media storm, by the way. Morton later revealed that in 1991, he had also conducted a secret interview with Diana in which she had talked about her marital issues and difficulties. The Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh hosted a meeting between Charles and Diana and unsuccessfully tried to effect a reconciliation. These guys were always having trouble. Okay. The wart with the toupee was hard to reconcile with and die looking like a hotter. I mean, to me, she's like Meg Ryan, but hot, British and hot way hotter. So not Meg Ryan <clears throat> at all. <laughs> <laughs> she helped. A, she got a coach to help her speaking voice. 
She internally blamed Camilla for her marital troubles, and there's issues with Camilla. Diana began to believe that her husband has also been involved in multiple affairs, and in the divorce, uh, Martin Bashir uh, interviewed Diana for the BBC current affairs show Panorama. The interview was broadcast on 20 November 95. The princess discussed her and her husband's extramarital affairs, referring to Charles' relationship with Camilla. She said, well, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. She also expressed doubt about her husband's suitability for kingship. Authors Tina Brown, Sally Bedell Smith, and Sarah Bradford supported Diana's admission in this interview that she had suffered from depression, rampant bulimia, because she could not, you know, I can't imagine being in the limelight that you want to look perfect all the time, and engaged in numerous times in the act of self-mutilation. Jeez. So she was kind of goth. Mm-hmm. She's like the cutter. Did she ever get treatment? She tried. She did. The combination of illness from which Diana herself said that she suffered resulted in some of her biographers opinioning that she had borderline personality disorder. Mm. <clears throat> she had many public appearances. I mean, constantly. She's in the limelight all the time. But I want to hit on this, okay? And this is the last thing before we take a break and we really delve into what happened. In 1983, she confided in the then premiere of Newfoundland, Brian Peckford, I am finding it very difficult to cope with the pressures of being Princess of Wales, but I am learning to cope with it. As Princess of Wales, she was expected to make regular public appearances at hospitals, schools, and other facilities in the 20th century model of royal patronage. From the mid-1980s, she became increasingly associated with numerous charities. She carried out 191 official engagements in 1988 and 397 in 1991. The princess developed an intense interest in serious illnesses and health-related matters outside the purview of traditional royal involvement, including taking involvement in, in research for AIDS... At the time when the Reagan administration was shooting this all down, mm-hmm. she was out there trying to champion for that and in, in leprosy. In recognition for her effects as a philanthropist, Stephen Lee, director of the UK Institute of Charity Fundraising Manager, said her overall effect on charity is probably more significant than any other person in the 20th century. Diana's extensive, extensive charity work also included campaigning for animal protection fighting against the use of landmines. She was the patroness of charities and organizations who worked with the homeless, youth, drug addicts, and the elderly. From 1989, she was president of Great Ormond Street Hospital for Children. She was patron of the Natural History Museum and president of the Royal Academy of Music. From 1984 to 96, she was president of Bernardo's, a charity founded by Dr. Thomas John Bernardo in 1866 to care for vulnerable children and young people. She was part of the British, uh, British Red Cross. Um, she spent weeks visiting children at the Royal Brompton Hospital. Ill and dying patients. I mean, there's like, I'm scrolling, there's like just like a hundred charities that she worked for. It's insane. Guys, and there's a whole new di- like diatribe from what I looked up about HIV that mm-hmm. goes into her search. Like nobody was touching that, and the landmines thing was huge. I mean, again, she was a princess for the people, 
And I wanted to spend this first time just talking about her history because it's important for you to know what we lost when she died because there were very few people of this stature that were for the public. And actually it did get so bad that she was so sick of being in the limelight and always having like the security and having to, you know, that kind of people around her that, and actually, and if you want to hear the story more uh, on off tempo, we did a podcast episode 14 where she snuck out of the castle or out with Freddie Mercury to go to a gay bar, which is awesome. And episode then, 14 of that, by the way, it's understandable why she, Fuck it. <laughs> but to get that desperate to want to be able to just go out on a night like any one of us could do at any point, she had to sneak out in an outfit to not be recognized. Well, as it would turn out, she would spend a lot of her days asking her butlers and security people to look under her car because she was a hundred percent sure that her husband was going to kill her. Wow. And we'll talk about that. And the next segment. In a statement, Scotland Yard announced they're taking another look at the deaths, scoping information they've received, and assessing its relevance and credibility. The assessment will be carried out by officers from the Specialist Crime and Operations Command. This new information about Diana's death reportedly came from the in-laws of a former soldier and was passed on by the Royal Military Police. The deaths of Diana and Dodi Al-Fayed were investigated for 11 years at a cost of $12 million. There were countless rumors and conspiracy theories, including an alleged letter from Diana to her butler claiming her former husband, Prince Charles, was plotting to kill her. Al-Fayed's father, Mohammed Al-Fayed, former owner of the luxury department store Harrods, insisted the two were murdered. Investigations by the police and the courts ruled that out, citing insufficient evidence. A spokesman for Mr. Al-Fayed said he had no comment to make, but said he will be interested in seeing the outcome, adding that he trusts the Metropolitan Police will investigate the information with vigor. Scotland Yard is not talking about this new information beyond what they've said in their statement. They did say the information is not part of the old investigation, not a rehash of old facts. A royal spokesman said there will be no comment from Prince Charles, Prince William, or Prince Harry. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies. And I'm not proud of my address. In the torn up town, no postcode envy. But every song's like gold teeth, gray goose dripping in the bathroom, blood stains, ball gowns, trash in the hotel room. We don't care. We're driving Cadillacs in our dreams. But everybody's like crystal made back diamonds on your timepiece, jet planes, islands, tigers on a gold leash. We don't care. We aren't caught up in your love affair, and we'll never be royals. The death of Diana, Princess of Wales, was a huge blow to everyone in the world when it happened on 31 August 1997. She died as a result of injuries sustained in a car crash, according to Wikipedia. (laughs) 
God. Josh. It's so horrible. <laughs> it happened in the Pont de la Mala road tunnel in Paris, France. She had wonderful brown eyes. Her companion, Dodi Fayed, <laughs> and the driver of the Merce. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> he burps on a baguette. I'm trying to give you guys a feeling here. <laughs> he was driving a Mercedes S280. His name was Henry Paul. They were all pronounced dead at the scene. A fourth passenger in the car bodyguard, Trevor Jones, was seriously injured but survived. Although the media blamed the behavior of the paparazzi who followed the car, a French judicial investigation in 99 found that the crash was caused by Henry Paul, who they said was drunk. He lost control of the Mercedes at high speed while he was intoxicated and under the effects of prescription drugs. Paul was the deputy head of security at the Hotel Ritz at the time of the crash and had goaded the paparazzi waiting outside the hotel earlier. His inebriation may have been made worse by antidepressants and traces of an antipsychotic in his body. The investigation concluded that the photographers were not near the Mercedes when it crashed. After hearing evidence at the British inquest in 2008, a jury returned to a verdict of unlawful killing by Paul and the paparazzi pursuing the car. Diana's death caused a substantial outpouring of worldwide grief, including numerous flora tributes, and her funeral was watched by an estimated 2.5 billion people. Wow. The royal family were criticized in the press for their reaction to Diana's death. Public interest in Diana has remained high, and she has retained regular press uh, coverage. Now, the events preceding the crash. On Saturday, 30 August 97, Diana left Sardinia on a private jet and arrived in Paris with Dodi Fayed, the son of Mohammed El Fayed. They had stopped there en route to London, having spent the preceding nine days together on board Mohammed El Fayed's yacht, Jeannicle, on the French and Italian Riviera. They had intended to stay there for the night, but Mohammed Al Fayed was and is the owner of the Hotel Ritz Paris. Mm. He also owned an apartment in Rue Arsena Hossier, a short distance from the hotel, just off the Avenue des Champs-Élysées. Henry Paul, the deputy head of security at the Ritz Hotel, had been instructed to drive the hired black 94 Mercedes-Benz S280 in order to elude the paparazzi. A decoy vehicle left the Ritz first from the main entrance on place Vendome, attracting a throng of photographers. Now, at the time, a picture of Diana and Do- and um, Dodie was like there was a picture that sold for like 250 grand. Jeez. Wow. So just the op, the idea of getting a, a nice picture, house for that. I know mm-hmm. just the idea of getting a good picture of them was enough to put a, a lot of money, hungry paparazzi on them. Diana and Fayed then departed from the hotel's rear entrance, Rue Cambon at around uh, 1220 at 30 on 31 August. Heading for the apartment in Rue Arsene-Poussier, they did this to avoid the nearly 30 photographers waiting in the front. They were the rear passengers, Trevor Reese Jones, a member of the Fayed's family personal protection team, was in the right 
front passenger seat, it was believed that Diana and Dodie were not wearing seatbelts after mm-hmm. leaving the Rue Cambon and crossing the Place de la Concorde. They drove along the Cour la Réunion and Cour Albert. The embankment road along the right bank of the River Sound. River Seine? River Saint. See? Just. <laughs> I'm not French, goddammit. See? Into the Place de la Ama underpass. Now, the crash happened at 12.23 a.m. Paul lost control of the vehicle at the entrance of the... In the tunnel, the car struck the right-hand wall and then swerved to the left on the left lane carriageway before it collided head-on with the 13th pillar that supported the roof. The car was traveling at an estimated speed of 65 miles per hour. It then spun and hit the stone wall of the tunnel backwards, finally coming to a stop. The impact caused substantial damage, particularly to the front half of the vehicle, as there was no guardrail between the pillars to prevent this. Mm. Now... As the victims lay in the wrecked car, the photographers who had been driving slower and were accordingly some distance behind the Mercedes reached the scene. The photographers were on motorcycles. Some rushed to help, tried to open the doors and help the victims, while some of them just took pictures. Airbags were deployed. Police arrived on scene around about 10 minutes after the crash at about 12.30 a.m., an ambulance was on site five minutes after the police, according to witnesses. France Info Radio reported that one photographer was beaten by witnesses who were horrified by the scene. Jeez. Five of the photographers were taken into custody. Two others were detained, and around 20 rolls of film were taken from the photographers. Police also impounded all of their vehicles. Firemen arrived to help remove the victims. Still conscious, Reese Jones had suffered multiple serious facial injuries and a head contusion. The front occupants' airbags had functioned normally. The occupants were still conscious. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. They were not wearing seatbelts. Diana, had, who had been sitting in the re- right rear passenger seat, was still conscious. Critically injured, Diana was reported to murmur repeatedly, Oh my God. And after the photographers and others' helpers were pushed away by police, she said, Leave me alone. Mm. In June 2007, the Channel 4 documentary, Diana, the Witness in the Tunnel, claimed that the first person to touch Diana was Dr. Melez. So there was a guy that was actually a doctor who drove by and came over and was like, I'm a doctor. Let me help. Um, He chanced upon the scene. He reported that Diana had no visible injuries but was Mm. in shock. This is fact, guys. No, well, visible. I mean, the internal injuries could... Diana was removed from the car at 1 a.m. She then went into cardiac arrest and following external cardiopulmonary resuscitation, her heart started beating again. Mm. She was moved to the Samu ambulance at 1.18, left the scene at 1.41. Now, let me get think about that, okay? This crash happened at 12.23. Okay. She is not moved for a complete hour 141 that's a lot of time but let me let you guys know something in france it's more important for doctors to be on scene and to try to resuscitate whereas in america and even british colonies it's more important to get you to the nearest hospital mm-hmm. now 
the hospital they did take them to, mm-hmm. it took them one hour to get to. And they passed two other hospitals along the way. Okay. That's a fact. Well, maybe her insurance. <laughs> her insurance can go anywhere. <laughs> Sorry, I'm used to American healthcare. Mm-hmm. Fayed had been sitting in the left rear passenger seat and was shortly afterwards pronounced dead. That's Dodie. Paul was declared dead on removal from the wreckage. Both were taken to the Institute Medico Legal, the Paris mortuary, not to a hospital. So it's like they just declared them dead. Paul was later found to have a blood alcohol level of 0.175, about 3.5 times the legal limit in France. Which is, I mean, you have to drive home drunk if you're in France, so. It's required Did by you law. not have enough <laughs> wine, my child? They give you a breathalyzer, and if you don't pass, if you don't fail it, you don't get to drive. If there's yep. no alcohol in your breath, you can't obviously steer the wheel. Right. Yeah. Despite attempts to save her, Diana's internal injuries were too extensive. Her heart had been displaced to the right side oh. of the chest, which tore the pulmonary vein and the pericardium. Despite lengthy resuscitation attempts, including internal cardiac massage, she died at 4 a.m. Anesthesiologist Bruno Riel announced her death at 6 a.m. at a news conference held at the hospital. And that's really it. How soon do you think afterwards she was... What do they call that term? Dead. No. (laughs) Pronounced? No. Embodied? Embalmed. Embalmed. She was... Probably quickly. Too quickly. Because technically Scotland Yard needed to see her body before they could do anything. Mm -hmm. But it was before they could see it. Mm, I'm here to see the freaking princess. Also, the the computer, the uh, navigation system in the Mm -hmm. car, because this is still 97. It's Mm -hmm. relatively, I mean, this is state of the art, what they're driving a Mercedes. Mm -hmm. It was smashed so much they couldn't read it. Oh, wow. And it wasn't given to them for like months afterwards. Now, I could get into the morning. I could get into the funeral. I could get into people's reactions. The queen could have expressed her dismay at Diana's death when she found out, but Prince Charles was the person who told their sons about their mother's death. The princes were told of her death before dawn as Prince Charles had to wake them to share the tragic news. The boys were close to their mother, so this was devastating. But think about this. Dodie was a Muslim. And according to what I read and what I researched... When she was embalmed, there was a fetus in there. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So not only had she had sneaks plans, a fetus into a dead lady. <laughs> <laughs> not only was she with someone who she was going to, she was eventually going to marry, who was a Muslim. But she was going to carry their kid. What kind of ramifications would that have meant to the? No kidding. And those people couldn't have probably handled it. 
And there's a book about it. But I'm not going to tell you about it because you can Google that shit. But I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> all the documentaries I watched about the conspiracy, the death conspiracy behind this cited that this is a fucked up death. Because you would think with it being a royal, you would rush him to the closest hospital. Right. Unless it's like a mm-hmm. real shitty hospital. Well, I mean, I wouldn't take a, I wouldn't take him to general hospital. No, not when you have one life to live. <laughs> good Lord. What you hey. need really is a good guiding light to take you to the uh, hospital. You do. You, do. you got to make it count when these are the days of our lives. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Passions. I know. I said the same thing in my head. I was like, <laughs> Saved by the bell. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So independent.co.uk has an article called Princess Diana Conspiracy Theories, Eight Reasons People Believe the Crash in Paris Wasn't All It Seems. Now, all Paris people can't do their job unless they have a nap and some wine. Not in that order. No. So right off the bat, we know this whole thing was flawed, Mm -hmm. but... Others still believe that something more secretive and intentional happened that night. The conspiracy theories take a number of other forms, but all claim to point to the same fundamental belief that someone wanted to kill Diana and they helped orchestrate that night's fatal crash. Now, Diana had actually written a note to a a close confidant that she believed her husband was going to kill her in some sort of automobile crash and she was known to have her bodyguards check under her undercarriage of every vehicle she rode in. Like my undercarriage checked. I was going to say, that's how she wound up with a fetus, is having her undercarriage (laughs) checked one too many times. Those conspiracies were so convincing and so widespread, they helped by the Daily Express and Egyptian businessman Mohammed Al-Fayed that the Met Police were forced to launch Operation Pajit, an inquiry to establish whether there was any truth in the theories. It cost millions of pounds and found that the theories were entirely without foundation and that all that happened that night was an incredibly unfortunate accident, which is sometimes the way life is. Mm-hmm. So do but, they go into why she felt that way? The conspiracies that rage, there are 10 things, okay, that make people's, people doubt. The official story of events, as well as the truth about each claims. Now, Diana was pregnant. This, according to Muhammad Al-Fayed, was the reason for the killing. Diana had become pregnant with his son's child, he said, and the idea was unpalatable to the British. Mr. Fayed said that the royal family could not accept that an Egyptian Muslim could eventually be the stepfather of the future king of England. And so it plotted to kill her off. Discussion of a potential pregnancy came up even before Diana died. During a holiday in France a few weeks before, some newspapers speculated that she might be pregnant, and that speculation was buoyed buoyed up by mysterious comments Diana made about a big surprise. Hmm. But there was no sign of pregnancy. Oh, shit. Need a Just wires. Didn't lean on the equipment. Yeah, it's there's. We need a towel though. We uh, Ryan is a. He's drunk enough to drive the the princess. We know that. <laughs> he's now illegal. I've had almost an entire bottle of wine. Exactly. 
That's why we can't have M&Ms when you're mm-hmm. around. <laughs> I know. I saw them and I wanted to reach for them. My bad, dog. Thanks. He just gets so excited about dead fetuses. Right. Ah! Good lord. Mark that. I'll accept it. So there was no sign of pregnancy during the postmortem examination, even though I said that there was. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's many reports that that wasn't the case. Now, that could just be the British monarchy kind of shooting down that whole idea. That could also. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, Princess Di. Oh, sorry, news report. <laughs> Further tests on Diana's blood found there was no sign of pregnancy there either, which is kind of a big tell. The blood, t- mm-hmm. the blood yeah. test. Um, there's no evidence even that Diana suspected she may be pregnant. Numerous close friends and others said that her menstrual cycle was normal. That's- now, how close are your friends that they know yeah. what your menstrual your menstrual cycle is? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do your not, not something I openly no. discuss with acquaintances and flows in town. Now this is, this ties into Prince Charles killing her and her vehicle kind of. Yeah. It's bad when you kill the vehicle. The main motivating factor behind the conspiracy is the belief that Diana herself thought she was going to be killed. And that much it appears is true. Chief among them is a letter that was disclosed by Paul Burrell, Diana's one-time butler, who said he had been giving it for given it for safekeeping. So the person she wrote that note about her husband at the time was her butler. Quote, I'm sitting here at my desk today in October longing for someone to hug me and encourage me to keep strong and hold my head high. This particular phase in my life is the most dangerous. I think Charles is planning an accident in my car, brake failure, and serious head injury in order to make the clear, make the path clear for Char- Charles to marry. It read, the, "The letter appears eerily prescient, and indeed, it had history." When Diana wrote the letter, she she had experienced problems with her car, had voiced fears about them, and her bodyguard had died in an accident that she believed had been a conspiracy. Now, here's here's about the whole conspiracy that the paparazzi did it. The photographers were blamed repeatedly. And I remember that even as a kid, I was told the photographers made her do it. It's pretty easy to hate paparazzi. Yeah, I it, agree. Not, not a big stretch there. They're just there. They're assholes. Diana. They are. Cameras. Show me your ass. I'm a, now, I'm a fucking Boston guy. I came over here. I wanted to see you, Diana. Hey, Tom, you take a picture of Gooch. <laughs> Where's Dodie? Where's your boyfriend, Dodie? Huh? So they were blamed. This theory has three specific forms. The first alleges that the group of paparazzi chased and pushed Diana's Mercedes so that it could make the crash happen. Second argues that members of the paparazzi encourage an environment where a crash could happen. <clears throat> the third suggests that the paparazzi accidentally created a situation that the conspirators exploited to kill the people in the car. Now, this is where driver Henry Paul intentionally caused the crash. Henry Paul was the head of security at the Ritz Hotel in Paris, but conspiracy theorists believe that he was in the pay of at least one other organization, the security services in France or the UK or both. 
People who doubt the official course of events say that its central claim about Mr. Paul being drunk at the time of the crash was not only false, but a lie spread in the media to cover up the killing. And that was done in part by swapping his body with another person to, so that the toxicological r- results would appear correct. There are a number of reasons people believe that Mr. Paul did not seem to behave like he was drunk e- earlier on in the night, for instance. He's really good at it. Me too. And beliefs about him. Well, until I spill shit and beliefs about him being (laughs) in the pay of security service come from the fact that he appeared to have more money than would be expected. And that some security offices have suggested that they might have had a French source inside the hotel. Now, the next thing is that something could have been wrong with her Mercedes. Mm-hmm. There's perhaps nothing more central to the conspiracy than the car that carried Diana and would eventually kill her. Conspiracy theorists claim that its route was blocked, that it was driving at an unusual speed, or that something had been tampered with in the car. Everything about the car appeared to be in order. People reported seeing different speeds, some slow, some fast, and the car was certainly driving fast that night, though, overall. But there was nothing unusual about the way it was driving, actually. But a large part of the confusion here appears to emerge from the fact that it is simply too difficult to estimate speed. Now, there was also bright flashes and strange vehicles that were reported on the road. Mm. Numerous people reported seeing flashes as the car head into the tunnel where it would crash, flashes that were blamed for the crash itself, but the problem was that many people reported different types of flashes at different times from different places. Like a dude on the side just whipping his dick out? That kind of flash? No. Oh. Unless that makes like a light... Like crazy blinding white flash? Put a flashlight on it and make a helicopter. (laughs) I'm not tan. Now, this is the one that really fucks with me because this is the one during the research for this that really bothered me is that Diana's medical care was deliberately sabotaged. This seems to make sense to me. Conspiracy theorists believe that doctors allowed Diana to die on purpose by not treating her in the proper way. They stopped her from recovering. Most of this revolves around her treatment at the scene of the crash. If she had insisted, if she had, I'm sorry, if she had instead been taken to the nearest hospital, which like I said, they drove an hour past two hospitals to the one that they went to. If she had been treated at that first hospital, she may have survived. Part of the belief is this in this theory comes from the fact that the French approach to emergency care is simply different from the UK and France. Emergency crews focus on giving treatment at the scene before moving a person to a hospital. In the UK, it's about getting to the hospital sooner. There was also a video I watched where someone supposed that they found a red blotch on her thigh, which almost looked like when she was in the emergency care unit, somebody put something in her, Hmm. which could have been a shot. That really bothered me when I read that. So conspiracy theories also say that her bodyguard killed her. In 2004, U.S. News Channel NBC aired video showing Diana take, talking about an affair with Barry Manneke, a former bodyguard who just, she described as the greatest love I've ever had. Whoa. Quote, it was all found out Bend and over. he was chucked out of royal protection. Then he was killed. I think he was bumped off, she said in tapes. Which is scary to think that she went through that sort of stuff, but it theorized that, that he had a part to play in it. And... um 
that's a lot of it. And it's scary to think that she lived in that kind of a tense time that the, the royalty was so scared of a, a Muslim. Ah, Canadian. Hate those Muslims. <laughs> Muslims. Then there's the fact that she couldn't just move on with her life. She couldn't walk away from a guy who was already cheating on her. Yeah. She was he was cheating on her before she even started having affairs. She she didn't have affairs until way later on. And uh I feel bad for her because she tried again with Harry, I think. I don't think that was another man's son. I think she really knew what she was getting into when she went into the bedroom. I don't I I think he the guy, James Hewitt, who was supposedly the one that slept with her and that Harry came from, he was going to kill himself multiple times because he, I, I'm just saying, like, if you met somebody as beautiful as Diana and she haunted your memory yeah. and she was royalty, I I think I'm, I'm a lovelorn individual. If I fall in love with somebody, I would be the same way. It would probably drive me mad. So when I read that story, it like really, really surprised me and kind of shocked me. And it just, but at the same time, it seems real because that's how true life is. So let's shut my ass up. I've been talking <laughs> enough. There's like three hours of me talking about Princess Diana and her death. Let's talk some pop fucking culture. It's time for the Pop Culture Minute with Josh. Sonic, Sonic Boom! Yes, pop culture. Well, I I actually wanted to stay away from TV documentaries and whatnot because God knows there's like 50 fucking million of them. So what I went with is uh, I have a couple movies, actually. The first one, simply called Diana, was made in 2013. It was a bio- biographical drama film directed by Oliver Hirschbeagle. And... <laughs> <laughs> what was that name again? Oliver Hirschbeagel. He's not wrong. And starring <laughs> Australian Australian actress Naomi Watts. And playing as Diana. It's uh, <laughs> the last it's based on the last two years of Diana's life. And it was based on a book by Kate Snell simply called Diana Her Last Love. This movie was not received well by critics at all. Uh, it barely, I mean, with a budget of $15 million, it came back with 21 so it didn't really make any money. Oops. However, oh, and then it's rated so bad, I actually have the, it has an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yikes. And a 5.5 on IMDb. However... <laughs> <laughs> if you're oh boy, if you're looking at a well placed slide whistle, <laughs> oh, it's an art form. <laughs> we have one somewhere. We do. If you want to get your fix though on Diana in film, though, you actually need to go back to 2006, a film called The Queen, which is a British fictional drama film depicting the British royal family's response. 
to the death of Diana. And this was starred Helen Mirren as Queen Elizabeth. She's so good. Yeah, it's they they treat the the death of Diana as a private affair, not so much as a royal death. This movie, however, was received very well by critics, and Mirren's performance or portrayal of the Queen. Was, I guess that means up <laughs> was so was so good that she was actually invited to Buckingham Palace for a royal dinner with the Queen. Dog pass off time. Mm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's getting a little crazy in my hands. This movie, budget of $15 million, made $123 There million. you go. That's how you do it. Yeah, Termin- exactly. Terminator 2? Yeah, basically. Uh, this was kind of a surprise to me. This is current. This is like right now. There's actually a musical about Princess Di. That Dirty is- Diana! That is coming like this year. She died in a car crash. Her boyfriend was named Dodie. She was a Muslim. The queen's like, oh no, we cannot have this. Yes, my, I don't need my family having any Muslim Egyptians running around. I don't need a Muslim up in my britches. Oh my god. Ooh, get it out. Yes, this is going to be a Broadway musical by La, La Jala Playhouse. Oh, boy. And it's... Uh, new, new name. Being made by Tony Award-winning Memphis team Joe DiPietro. DiPietro. Yeah, pretty And <laughs> David Bryan, and directed by Playhouse Artistic Director and 2017 Tony Award winner Christopher Ashley. Uh, in the Chris Angel. In the... I make Broadway plays no. In the musical, Princess Diana, of course, will be singing, and she does, like, pop tunes. And (laughs) just like that. (laughs) And Prince Charles will be singing. Oh, great. That toothy sound. (laughs) I am the prince. <laughs> I was hoping you would Everybody do that. Everybody loves a ward I, with a and I, I swear I did not kill my wife, boyfriend. <laughs> He's gonna have a more get over here, Stody. <laughs> He's one of the Muslims. <laughs> That's for our UK That's listener. That's yep. uh, the the premise of the the. The musical is it's 1981 and the world is ready for a royal wedding. It is the 20 year old bride ready for what comes after. And it goes all the way actually up till her death. And there have been some performances of this that people have seen and they said it's actually done quite well. Oh, okay. I think that actually, if you started from when they met each other and did up until her death, that could actually be like a. Insanely good movie. Mm-hmm. Like, if done by the right people, you get the right, right screenwriter and director, that could be like a hugely. Michael Bay. No. <laughs> I can think of one explosion. I can that imagine, yeah, right. <laughs> the car crash would be amazing. <laughs> just like two horses run into each other, just like a big explosion, <laughs> and like a transformer for some reason yep. does a cartwheel right by. Now, I'm going to talk about. One thing that obviously we did not bring up during the episode during uh, Time Capsule or anything. And that, of course, is the massive song of the year, Candle in the Wind. Now, Candle in the Wind, 1997, is a song that was written by Bernie Taupin and Elton John, of course. Bernie Mac? 
because Bernie Taupin, he's the long longtime writer with Elton John. Oh, he writes most of the lyrics. I don't I don't know that the, they're no, not, they're just music. They're just they just writing partners. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Bernie Jeez. writes all, like, almost all the lyrics. Elton John, of course, writes the music. The song was actually rewritten and re-recorded from the 1974 song "Candle in the Wind" from the album "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road." The Which song is for Marilyn Monroe. Yes. Oh, okay. I had that future death spiracy. Yeah, we have to dive into that one. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were actually very upset that they decided to redo this for Princess Diana, even though they kind of forget that Elton John and Princess Diana were very, very close. Mm -hmm. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, the new rendition, Candle in the Wind, is the second highest selling single of all time. My mom bought me that single. She was so broken up. Everybody Aww. had that. It, yeah. it, it sold 33 million cos- or copies of the song. Cosby's? Well, you'll see why I messed up because the it's the only song that has sold more is Bing Crosby's 50 million singles, White Christmas from 1942. And it is the highest selling single since charts began in the 1950s. Wow. wow. Of course, the... if. Anybody who doesn't know the songs, the opening song, the original version was Goodbye, Norma Jean, Though I Never Knew You at All, and was changed to Goodbye, England's Rose, May You Ever Grow in Our Hearts. Spent 14 weeks in the number one spot on Billboard Top 100 and was only performed one time at the funeral. And he has absolutely refused to play that rendition of the song. Only Mm -hmm. one circumstance will he ever play it, and that is if either William or Harry request to play it. Okay. That's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Talk about... Guys... I'm as a music lover myself, mm-hmm. like Elton John is so fucking yeah. rad. He's like I mean, he's kind of a continuation of the trend of like a David Bowie. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Or a Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Benny and the Jets gets played at any bar I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> the song that would Chewy. Chewy. Wowzers. Chewy just hit the slider all the way up. I'm teaching him. He's he's got a lot of work to do yet. Chewy was like Chewie's like, I don't like when the humans talk. I just want to hear the I good like this music. song, yeah. Of course, what would take over that number one spot at, at after 14 weeks? Of course, Titanic came out, and My Heart Will Go On would go on yeah. to dominate the records for the rest of the year. Yep. And that's all I have, guys. I feel sleepy. I'm always sleepy. <laughs> Guys, it's time for a verdict. Oh, he wants your beer. He's not a beer drinker. Mine is. Oh, never mind. <laughs> That's a first. He's been hanging out with Dad too long. Yep. He sees Ryan. Bad influence. Uncle Ryan, yep. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure all the wires smelled like booze. They do now. <laughs> 
So anyway, four podcasters you trust more than your life. Obviously you do because we're not going to steer you wrong. We're going to show you exactly what you need to get off the dollar menu and then some. What's what napkins to grab? What what what? Uh, how many straws? How many straws? Packets mm-hmm. of salt. Yep, we know the way. One to packet do it. of pepper. That's right. Couple packages of ketchup. And in the other corner, it's whoever done wrong to Princess die. So today <laughs> we need to decide how did she die? How did it happen? How did die die? How did the people's princess perish? Josh. I think Prince Charles uh, was the mastermind behind having her killed. Bold. Yeah. I I just, I I feel like it's, uh, there was too much. She had the possibility of maybe future becoming the queen and royal, the, all of them did not like that whatsoever. And the fact that she was with a muscle man and pregnant, they didn't want that uh, to ever happen. And so they, they whacked her, I think. No way. There's no way that guy's killing the mother of his children. He, he is just no way. And I, I think it was an accident. I really do. Uh, this, like everything that she's pregnant, all and the bodies are switched. It's all conspiracy theorists driving this without any really any evidence. I don't feel. Yeah, I think it was it was an accident. I think probably it was bad choices on the part of whoever was driving the French ambulance to like pass by a couple hospitals. Um, I'd, I'd be interested in hearing the reasoning behind that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's all just too coincidental. I think um, there's not enough evidence to support fact. Um, yeah, this one's, this one's a no for me. No, you don't want to give your verdict? Okay. Aaron said it was uh, the Hamburglar. So, okay, I'm gonna say I think it was the monarchy. Really, I'm with Josh. Hmm. I think that it had something to do with people who didn't want to see a Muslim stepfather. I think it has something to do with if she did so dark a fetus. Mm -hmm. It's very dark. If if she had a baby, they didn't want it to in- interfere. I think these people make decisions even sub 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 their own categories. Like uh, Prince Charles obviously is in charge of a lot of stuff, but yet not nothing at all. Because who? What the fuck does? What do? What do the royals do? But pomp and circumstance and just show mm-hmm. up places. But it's all about making that image look perfect, and. If he has his kids have a stepfather who's a Muslim mm-hmm. and it's not part of their lineage, it looks wrong. So if they take care of this thing in one foul swoop and she's already predicted that something like this is going to come from her husband and it literally happens. That, but for that to happen, you have to count on the fact that they weren't going to wear seatbelts. That's a fuck up on their part. Mm-hmm. It is. That, but, the guy, I think seatbelts would have saved their lives. But yeah. the guy was was shown not intoxicated before he started driving. Now, somebody can crash a car and not be drunk. Mm-hmm. It happens. Especially if you got paparazzi all up your butthole. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But if those paparazzi show up and those people aren't dead and most of them are comprehensible... 
and cool. Supposedly, when they the 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 inspectors showed up to finally grab her belongings, it was a bag full of clothes soaked in blood. But the witnesses too that crashed said she mm-hmm. was competent. She was talking. Adrenaline shock, yeah. I just don't think internal bleeding just shoots forward like that. I mean, yes, maybe it's a French thing. Maybe it's a French thing and they took too long. I'm just saying, I think if she's competent and she was okay, and the the one person who survived said she was fine. It's your verdict. I should stop interfering. That's fine. I'm just going to say, I think it had something to do with a pure bloodline. And that's been your verdict. Even with a verdict, it doesn't make it easier. Goodbye, Norma Jean. Wait, oh, that's not. English Rose, I meant. <laughs> it's time to get quizzical. Let's get quizzical, quizzical. I wanna get quizzical. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, let's do a British royalty quiz. Ooh. April <laughs> wins. Yep. <laughs> Question number one. Who gained the throne after Queen Victoria's death? A. William the VI, Edward the VII, Elizabeth II, or George III? Ryan. Ryan. George I.I. That is incorrect. Josh. Josh. I'm going to say C. That's incorrect. <laughs> Let's get. See if uh, April can get the right question in her Ed. Edward, the one. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Edward. This is going to go swimmingly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, question number five. This one sounds good. Why did Henry VIII save his fifth wife have... Okay, let me start over. Why did Henry VIII have his fifth wife executed? A, witchcraft, B, infidelity, C, incest, or D, treason? Josh. Josh. Witchcraft. That is incorrect. Ryan. Ryan. Incest. That is incorrect. Too bad. Usually you're pretty faithful when it comes to these uh, answers. Yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and say that it was infidelity. That is correct. Two to nothing, boys. (laughs) I'm getting Taco Bell on the way home. Ooh, that that sounds sounds good. good. (laughs) Question number three. Who is Queen Elizabeth's second daughter? A, Mary, B, Anne, C, Jane, D, Diana. Ryan. Ryan. A. That's incorrect. Josh. Josh. C. And once more, we find ourselves with Uh, April. That would be B, Anne. That is correct. Three to nothing. (laughs) Question number four. How is Anne Bolian known? Boleen. A. 
bound to obey and serve, B, humble and loyal, C, the most happy, or D, no other will than his? Uh, go ahead, Ryan. Why am I going first? Okay, hey, I'll go. Hey, you know what? April. April. What were they again? A. B, C, or D. <laughs> yeah, just do Bound that. to obey and serve. B, humble and loyal. C, the most happy. Or D, no uh, no other will than his. Uh, I'm going to go ahead with uh, B. Mm. That's incorrect. Josh? Uh, no, you're you're older, <laughs> so. Respecting my elders. C. That is an answer that would be found to be correct. Oh, wee wee. One to zero to three. Question number five worth six pounds, which translates to eight victory points, which means you would win. Which Scottish king ascended the British throne in 1603? A. George the III, Stuart the II, James I, or Robert Bruce? Josh. Ryan. Josh. B. That is incorrect. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Ryan. Ryan. D. That is incorrect. You can answer it for fun, but you've already won. Uh, A. That's incorrect, but it was James I. Oh. So there you go. That sounds Scottish. April wins quizzical. Damn it, James. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's been your episode. It's a fucking long one. The last two have been long as shit. I'm yeah. sorry. It's my fault. I'll condense them a bit more. Like extra Taco Bell for breakfast, lunch, and ling- dinner. Long shit. Mm-hmm. Well, my big thing is that I don't want to skimp on like the details. So i like you to know about the queen. Mm-hmm. She grew up and kind of what befell her. And I, you know what? That was actually this episode Princess. was about Princess Diana, not the but, queen. You know. But... It's okay. That's the end of the episode. No one's listening anymore anyway. <laughs> Ouch. Mm. Anyway, Princess Diana, R.I.P. Babe. Yep. Where are you when you're not here, Joshua? Off Tempo Podcast. That's on Facebook and Podbean. It's a music history podcast. April and I do. It's fun. Potty Slam Podcast. Wrestling History Podcast. And we are on Facebook and Twitter and Podomatic. Larry. Ethos Podcast. EthosPodcast.net for all your baseball history needs. Well, if you like this show, <laughs> let me just bring it down low. Ooh. You're listening to Storm Rain on Jazz Radio. <laughs> Denver's number four jazz radio station. You need to check out at Conspiracy Tea Show for all the things you need, mama. <laughs> we're coming. We're coming for you, girl. At Conspiracy T Show, God damn it! Obviously, you need to follow that. Look at us up on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Is that what you do? You like yep. things? Fuck Facebook. Facebook's good. Rate so, us. Yeah, rate us. Five star reviews get a shout out. Sure do. Yep. And all you five stars without saying anything, you didn't get shout outs. But thank you. We love you. Even the four-star guy. 
He's like, you're good. We like you. you we don't love you. I like we you, do like you. But there's a little too much burps. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, Granny was Marty. I know that's Marty left the four stars. <laughs> He's like, that's it. I'm doing a review. Yep. But I'm not going to say anything. Four stars. Too many burps. Sorry, Marty. We'll try to trim that. So yeah. here we are. It's the end of the episode. Yep. Oh, by the way, I want to say. Oh, boy. If you've had issues downloading our episodes, we're fully back up on iTunes. And by the time this episode airs, we should be fully up on Spotify. It's been a weird progression. There was security issues with the host and Mm -hmm. Apple required an update and it took them quite a while. It did. But you can still go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash conspiracy therapy podcast. And get yourself a shirt. Indeed. And wear it proudly in front yeah. of your friends. Be like, look at me. I'm, I'm so stylish with my Zanzizi and Zanbibi shirt. You could have that. Mm-hmm. 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 Or you could mm-hmm. crush a cup of coffee together. Ooh, that would be nice. Or you could put whatever you want in that cup. You could just, you know what my dad used to do in high school? He used to fill up his cup full of uh, mixed nuts and just mm-hmm. eat it with a spoon. Oh. You can, you can, uh, I know where this is going. Yeah, you can definitely do that. You know Pop where this nuts is in go- my mouth. <laughs> you, you don't know where anything's this going. This is the most bizarre it's thing not. I've ever heard. Dude, it was, it was literally the joke du jour for all my friends. <laughs> Liz, your dad's sitting there eating nuts in a cup. Pop nuts <laughs> in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but why the spoon? Like everything about that. Get your fingers me. dirty. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> <laughs> that was my dad, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Wonderful. The more you know. So we'll see you next week on another episode of the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast. Have a great one, guys. Goodbye, Norma Jean. Though I never knew you at all, you had the grace to hold yourself while those around you cold. They crawled out of the woodwork. And they whispered into your brain They set you on the treadmill And they made you change your name And it seems to me You lived your life like a candle in the wind Never knowing who to cling to When the rain set in And I would like to have known you But I was just a kid The candle burned out long Legend ever did This has been a presentation of Beer City Media. (laughs) 